In the early 21st century, magic reawakened on Earth, and alongside it, a new human race with orcs, elves, trolls, dwarves, and others. Humanity became metahumanity. As technology proliferated and greatly advanced in the awakened world, global megacorporations seized ever more power, becoming de facto states with their own laws, courts, and armed forces. The corporations attempt to control all aspects of modern life. This has led to a vast and complex criminal underground which works for and against corporate interests. The independent career criminals who do what others can't or won't are called Shadowrunners. The year is 2101. Welcome to Fun City. Previously on Fun City, the team was hired by New Jersey Johnson Yuri to steal a boat from Jast Reclamation, run by Jast Columnar, a supposedly heat-tolerant dark mage. The team infiltrated the yard with the help of, and in Lux's case, disguised as, Jast's head of security, Balto Cuddle. Gabe resurrected the ship as the others extinguished Jast's flame. Pepper punched, demon dog mauled, and finally, wave clapped, Jast collapsed on his home turf. Yuri awaited his boat delivery in the shadow of the monuments, four massive abandoned high-rises. But it turns out the vessel was not his prize, rather something in it. Upon obtaining his mysterious quarry, he gifted the 250-foot warship to the team as thanks for their hard work. We'll soon hear about moving day, as the team has now vacated Viv's cramped houseboat for more spacious quarters. But first, we join Lux as he approaches Balto Cuddle house to return Balto's comlink as promised. So he pulls up in the dinghy, ties it to the small dock that is there, and walks uh, up to his front door and knocks. Uh, you hear uh, some footsteps um, and like a kind of latch unhook from the back of the door, uh, and the door slowly swings open, and you see a very familiar face, the orc woman that you kissed, pretending to be her husband. She looks at you confusedly. Um, hello, ma'am. Is Balta home? Uh... Yeah, who are you? What do you need? Um, I was Is this is this related to that jazz stuff that happened because I told the last guy that came here that he wasn't even there. So, I, this all your questions have been answered. Um, which last guy that came? I don't know, some other guy that looked like you. I've I'm don't take this the wrong way. I have trouble telling you apart. That's okay. Yeah, I, it's you know, I just want him to know um about the Oh, uh, well, well, well. okay, hold on. I'll just go get him. All right. Hold on. She walks away and you hear uh you hear some more footsteps and uh Balto comes around the corner and he sees you and he and he goes, "Oh, hey. How's it going? How how did it go? How did uh, and he gives you a big dramatic wink. It go. It went well. We got the boat. Um uh how much do you no. Uh, I know there was some big fireworks, and uh, we're closed today, but uh, we're open tomorrow. And uh, Jast, uh, Jast apparently is having an all-hands meeting. He called some sort of meeting. Uh, so, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's what's going to happen. Yeah, it'll probably be a big meeting. Here's your comm link, by the way. I really appreciate it. Oh, God, is it? Did you... Is it? Is it wet? It got pretty wet. Yeah, I got um, I got pr- thrown, actually, by the Jast character into the... Um, 
into the water. Uh, wait, you and he, you, I, you know what? I don't even want to know. I don't want to know. So I did. He, he shakes his comm link and you see some, uh, some droplets of water fly and he puts it up to, you know, he's right. like examining it. You know, in full disclosure, and I, you know, I know you know this. I, I, you know, I was dressed as you, and everybody thought I was you, but I was very polite to most of the people there, except for Jest, who threw you into the water. Wait, hold on. Did he throw you into the water, or did he throw me into was the water? Was me at that point because my mask had fa- had fallen off, and there was no pies on the boat. Um, there, yeah. So I don't know if he's got his dog back or if he's alive. Those are the two things I don't know. I think you still have a job. Um, I think so. Uh, so we're going to see. Cross our fingers uh, for the big tomorrow. Uh, you know. I mean, he called the meeting. He did. Oh, he is alive. Oh, that's not good. Wait a minute. What? Cross our fingers for the big tomorrow? Taylor, if you're going to opine, at least do it into the microphone. That's gold. That's, that's gold. Album title: Cross yeah. Our Fingers for the Big Tomorrow. I, I, I think for that, our indie band. That's yeah. gonna be on the yeah. T-shirt for so, our show. That's our, our first piece of merch. Is, <laughs> yeah. is a very attractive hand <laughs> crossing its fingers. For the a big hand to- with cheekbones. Yeah, that can cut tin cans. Uh, so, anyways, um, Balto looks at you confused. He's like, "Yeah, like I mean, I, I'm gonna now that I got my comm link back, I'm gonna call some of the guys and I'm gonna find out if he's mad at me. Uh, and uh, you know, because if he's mad at me, I'm I'm not going back there. But uh, yeah, what I know is that someone called my wife. They told her that there was a big meeting tomorrow. Uh, and as far as I know, Jast is the one that called the meetings. Yeah, I mean that's it's not you know the meetings tomorrow and it's not tomorrow yet. So we'll cross our fingers for that. But that's that's what I know. Yeah, I'm surprised to hear. He's still alive. He um he got she's a nice woman. Don't get me wrong. She's a nice woman we work with. She made his dog attack him and then she clapped him real big with a big water. I don't know how else to say it. Wait, it wait, was, wait, hold on. You you're telling me that you saw Vornoth and you live to tell about it. She took his mind and then the dog attacked him. It was You guys you you gotta write a book about this. Well, I don't know. I mean some of the stuff is illegal, you know. But I appreciate point. I appreciate um I'm really sorry about this whole thing. You know, I hope everything uh, works out. I, you know, obviously. Me too. And if it doesn't and I don't have a job, then you are going to be hearing from me. Well, you can't really contact me. And I made sure you couldn't. So, so yeah, I mean, I, you know, but uh, yeah, anyway, I have just a little small gift here for you. I give him an envelope. Um, you know. He takes it, the envelope? Yes. He opens the envelope immediately. Uh <laughs> There's 250 new yen in there, um, and uh, just a, a note um, from me that says he holds up he holds up a cred stick and he holds and he drops the envelope and holds up a note. What does the note say? Note says, "Good luck for the big tomorrow." Um, <laughs> and I was gonna leave that here, and if you didn't answer the the, the door, but uh, you know, I wanted you to have a little something, uh, you know, just to treat you and the family and everything like that. And I know that there was a nasty situation, obviously. You know, this job, you know, it. these run-ins happen and people like you are the good guys and we uh, we never want this type of thing to happen, but it did. I'm glad everybody's safe. I think it looks like you, you still have a job, so that's good. Um, and yeah, I hope you all the best. Find anything in the house that may belong to us. <laughs> there are some holes in the wall that you left from gunfire. Yeah, well, that's what the 250's for. Uh, so, you know, hope you that's good enough i know you really like that bar um 
Mad Mad Marty's. Mad Marty's, that's right. But yeah, I'm over there all the time, so I might see you there, and you know, I'd love to buy you a drink. I'm gonna just, go. Just say bye, Nick. <laughs> just say bye. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just see him sitting in the doorway, like, what do you want, Nick? So, what else you got going on? <laughs> bye. Balto's like, why are you still here? <laughs> I thought you were gonna recommend your contractor. Darling, darling, is that weird guy still here? What's he talking about? Nope, just leaving, ma'am. <laughs> Bye. This is very nice of you. You are obviously one of the good ones. And by ones, I mean criminals. So get off my property. I don't ever want to see you around my family again. Understood. It is a beautiful spring day on the deck of a twice-stolen warship. It has been a couple weeks since the gang was rewarded with their new quarters by a Mr. Johnson that they know only as Yuri. It floats, ignored by the citizens of New York City in the shadow of four derelict skyscrapers called the Monuments on the western coast of Midtown Manhattan. Having previously lived in the cramped quarters of Viv Lakewood's uh, houseboat and Hermetic Lodge, uh, I assume that you all were very eager to make the transition to larger quarters. Is that true? Yes. Yes. Yeah, of course. Uh, you want to tell me a little bit about how moving day went? TK had one bag of stuff, mostly clothes. They're all the same. Same color. Get some shoes. Just black speedos. Just bags and. Bags. Well, he has. So he has the black speedos, but also he's. You know, it's like he wears like slightly two different shades of black, but it's really hard to tell. So it's like charcoal and midnight. Yeah, and you know he wears like tactical pants and like a semi-tactical shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so he had just like his duffel bag and was you know out the door, ready to go. Lash spent most of uh, moving day asking people to time her as she ran from one end of the boat to the other because she doesn't really feel comfortable in a place until she knows how fast she can run it. And she doesn't have much because, again, she lost all of her belongings to a bet with a teenager. What was her time? From front to back. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, she did side to side too? She did She did it <laughs> from all angles. She okay. needs to know. Up and down. Yeah. You know, it's based on the size of the boat, which we all know. It's is a, a bank lane. It's a bank lane. It's yep. a bank lane. It's and pretty big. Knowing that she runs about uh, about a quarter of a bank per second. It was fast. four. It was four seconds. That is extraordinarily fast. That is so well, fast. Well, she is an athlete. You gotta be, you gotta be aware of your surroundings and know how fast it's gonna take you. Lux, this is what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. I could train you. You know, you can't train me. I can't use any of the weights you use. They're too heavy, and I feel like you take great joy in, in showing me that. And you show up to training day in a suit okay. every time. That's you show what I'm going to be suit. in. That is what I'm going to run in, and you know that. So what point is it training in what you're wearing? I don't know. You could borrow some of my shorts. They'd be too big on you. But anyway, uh, Lux actually was helping everybody move onto the boat with no plans on moving him himself. Uh, he was very generously spending his day helping everybody else. As he wished them by, he goes back to his condo, which is supposed to be ready at this point, and he walks in the front door, and there is two large bathtubs. <laughs> Your contractor, uh, remind me of his name again? Oh, is uh, Rick Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Jones. Uh, Rick yeah. Jones. 
yeah. uh, a very nondescript man comes around the corner, uh, sort of staring off into space as though he is uh, checking um, some messages on his comm link. Yeah. Sees you and he goes, hey, I was just going to message you. Uh, uh, we got an extra bathtub. Uh, you got charged for it. Sorry. What are you talking? You, it looks like you've installed it. Well, I mean, what are you going to? I mean, yeah, what else am I going to do with this it? This is supposed to be the kitchen, Rick. I will. Now Where it's an ensuite. Well, I mean, come this way. And uh, he leads you to uh, where your bedroom is down the hallway. Mm-hmm. And um, you go and you see uh, your uh, palatial master bedroom with a big cathedral ceiling, beautiful heated marble floors. And he opens up the ensuite bathroom in which is a sink and and an oven with a stovetop. Uh, I mean, you know, it's this makes perfect sense, right? So I get the feeling, Rick, that you got an extra bathtub and you thought, I can't fit it in this bathroom, so I'll make the kitchen the bathroom because of how large those bathtubs were. Is that what happened, Rick? Listen, I don't come to your place and tell you how to wear a suit. That's what you did, basically. Because you did come to my place, (laughs) and you changed my rooms around, which is worse than telling me how to wear a suit, all right? Do it like it says in the plans, okay? Okay, but, I mean, we're going to have to, we're going to have to knock down some walls. I mean, it's going to add another couple months. Do it in a month, and I will forget this happened, okay? Smash cut back to. (laughs) And, hey, guys, I am going to be moving in. There are some problems at the condo. Sorry, TK. Uh, I know you had plans to come back with me as well, but um, it's just a whole. They switched the bedroom and the so, uh, kitchen and the bathroom. So where where are you going to move? Because mm-hmm. Lash and I have a gym now. Are you guys sleeping in the gym? No, we have our bedrooms. No, I would okay. love to sleep in the gym, uh, but TK says that's not appropriate. It's okay. not. Yeah, we've I talked mean, about. If this. he wants to use it, then you know. No, we're saying sense. there's. You don't have a room because we thought. Yeah, we we made. The, for the fourth room, we made a gym of it. Right. Okay. So typically, battleships have four bedrooms. Yes. <laughs> and you're saying well, that you three roll, roll have a battleship bed- mount. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just it, kidding. It was the uh, well, it was the brig. You know, we didn't think anyone was gonna stay there. Yeah. Because we took all the good rooms. But you could maybe sleep on the ab machine. It's I'm got, not sleeping on the ab it's machine. Got a bench. It's got a bench. Who sleeps on a bench? That's worse than the ground. TK, TK gives Lash a look. <laughs> like, confused, like, yeah, what? What? <laughs> Guys, it's okay. I know I, there's a there's an engine room. There's a spare engine room that I noticed that I'll, I'll actually fix up and stuff. I'll, I'll get a, I have a contractor that's actually a good one. So you're saying um, we can keep the gym? Yeah, just keep the gym, guys. Okay, I'm sure I'll be able to find something. <laughs> we high five. Viv, how's moving day for you? <laughs> Viv actually was not present. She was... Uh, on the other side of, of Manhattan, uh, still on her houseboat. She was meditating alone until she had an encounter with the sea. And uh, it shook her up a little bit, so she decided to move the houseboat to where everyone else was in, was it the Hudson Yards area? So early in the morning when the, when the sun was rising, she stood on the deck of her houseboat and sort of just stood there arms akimbo with her eyes closed. And uh, she had already uh, untied the boat from, from the dock and uh, lashed the dinghy to the back and she sort of unfurled her arms and the boat started moving forward and she spent the morning uh, looping down the bottom of Manhattan and slowly making her way to where everyone else was on the boat. So it was a very calm morning. The seagulls 
were, you know, in full force. They had found some some dead stuff, and so she had to sort of swerve around it. And uh, so upon arriving, she saw the rest of the crew on the deck talking about where they were going to sleep. And she wasn't exactly planning to move onto the boat, but maybe keeping some things like a toothbrush and a hammock near the deck. So she she brings her houseboat close to the ship and uh, starts walking up the gangway. So before we get too far and get into what y'all have been up to for the last couple weeks, we have some actual game mechanics-related business to take care of. Since you finished a run, we need to reward you with karma, which is kind of like Shadowrun's version of XP. Um, you get karma for completing runs, um, and then after you've spent a little while training new skills, you spend karma to be able to actually do those skills. So karma kind of like unlocks new skills that you've trained for a little while to learn. Karma is awarded per player. It's not awarded, uh, the same amount is not awarded to everyone uh, in the team. The core rulebook has some like recommendations on how to do this. Um, I have my own way that I like to do it, so this is we have some like some house rules that are happening. So here goes. Everyone gets three karma for completing the mission, which you all did. Congratulations. We did it. Our first mission. Yeet. Everyone gets one additional karma for completing Yuri's additional objective of learning what the deal with Jast Reclamation was. Remind me, because I actually don't remember. You have to be honest. We, we have a recording. Did anyone completely fill up their physical damage track at any point during the run? No. No. Mm -mm. Okay, so no additional karma awarded there. So this one is, I leave it to you, and for the next couple we need, um, we need consensus. Does the group believe that it is likely someone died as a direct result of your actions during the run? Mm. Mm, if Jast isn't dead, probably not because he did murk a few of his own dudes but i don't think that was us we like i mean the yeah didn't we kill the guy in the bathroom no he was passed out yeah oh you stabbed him with a needle <laughs> oh yeah. yeah and then i broke the lock but uh then he got hit by that poison wave <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> mm. I person my vote would be um, it is not likely. Yeah, um, I think we're at the forty nine percent. Yeah, yeah, we're at the forty nine percent. The most likely would have been Jas, but we've gotten confirmation from that Balto not. that he's not that he's a fine that he's alive. So, so everybody award yourself an additional karma. What? Oh, oh shit! Oh, oh shit! Oh, we got that heavy interesting. Karma. Two more. The group has to come to a consensus as to who in this run the MVP was. And they will get an additional karma. Viv. Viv. What? No. <laughs> no wow, that was quick. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the fucking. I she mean, tamed the demon dog. Yeah, that was pretty fun. I w I would have voted for for Lux because he did so much talking. Yeah. <laughs> and then the shit hit the fan. And reconnaissance while we were there. That's true. I mean, Lux, you were in the running. If we <laughs> well, we got but, so we got one. So we got one more. We got yeah. one more, which is um. Just to be clear, we, every, we all agree on Viv. Viv, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, thank you. So, Jen, please award Viv an additional karma. Woo! And the last is, similar idea, not the MVP, but who in a particular situation performed the best assist. If you're talking about assisting the mission, I would say Lux with the I would kiss, say wife Lux. kiss. The wife kiss. The wife kiss. The whole Balto situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that- <laughs> That was the mission assist. The, the like, going into uh, Balto's wife's house and convincing him- or her that he was her husband that he was her husband <laughs> and that there was 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a good assist, but I do want to bring up the fact that Lash did a clam flip. That's true. <laughs> clam flip. Oh, uh, you know. clam flip and is so good. My efforts would have been for nothing if that real Balto wasn't clam flipped back on the ground. Oh, well. After, after a lot of unsuccessful, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but very valiant <laughs> punches. Yeah, the punches are great. <laughs> no, they really. No damage. Really okay. tried. Uh, but I, I, Lux. I, I agree, yeah, Lux. I think Lux. I think so too. So there you go. Nick, please award Lux an additional karma. Wow, thanks, guys. We'll get him next time. Uh, so, just to be clear, so every time you finish a run, the karma calculations will not be exactly the same, uh, but it'll be things like this. The next question I have is what has everyone been up to between moving day and now? Uh, which is another way of asking is there anything that you decided to spend your karma on and train? And if not, what were you doing instead of training new skills? Uh, I think TK went back to the houseboat and asked Viv to train him in spellcasting. So TK, um, being an adept, he uses magic by using moving his body. He wanted to get a better grip on, you know, what exactly was happening. So obviously he went to the resident mage and was like, teach me. In his, in his brusque way, was like, will you please teach me what you know? And yeah, I think, you know, I think the lessons were fruitful. I think it took a little while for him, for TK to get a handle on what it was like to cast a spell, like what it felt like and the way he would do it. And he only knows one spell right now and it's heal because he thought that would be useful because nobody else in the group has a healing spell. We have some med kits. And you, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, right? An adept can basically only learn one yeah, spell. Only right? learn one spell. You like you're basically a, one. an athletic magician who can pull all of their like um, concentration together to do cast one spell that they've learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he's not very good at it, but he, he can do it. He, he can do it. Hey, um, and he's just betting when the chips are down, he can he can he can pull one of his buddies up. Uh, Viv, what was it like training TK in the ways of spell casting? It was a lot of meditation um, and a lot of time spent on the dinghy that we had brought to the middle of uh, the water. We would maybe travel 30 minutes out to open water and meditate uh, because uh, Viv's brand of chaotic magic is rooted in her emotions and the elements. So her her emotions determine, you know, how powerful or how shaky a spell may be. Her chosen element is water, but she is still capable of summoning all sorts of spirits and working with all other kinds of elements. So TK is able to choose an element that uh, he would like to be associated with. Yeah, and I think uh, TK chooses fire because the other skill that he has, the adep- one of the other adept skills that he has is um, called elemental body, which he has learned how to channel some fire uh, to enhance his attacks and his defense. He doesn't use it very often, though, because he realized very soon after hanging out with Viv that uh, drain was a thing, and uh, mm. it sucks. Yeah, so. after a few times, she had to uh, <laughs> take him back to the houseboat and revive him and give him some tea because <laughs> magic, he overdid magic it. Cure. Yeah, he overdid it a yeah. couple times. Uh, he's a little singed. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's not very good at being bad at things, but he's getting better. <laughs> very proud. We're all very proud. Yeah, and so between training sessions, Viv was um, sort of converting the houseboat from an apartment into the rest of her chaotic lodge. Uh, so she started to move some of her artifacts down into the main space and actually took TK to where uh, Prospect Park used to be, where there was a lake, 
uh, to go forage for things because she feels these items give her power. And if he finds, you know, certain kinds of woods or. Yeah, he doesn't get it. Uh, it is called it's called Park Beach now. Yeah. Park Beach. Park Beach. He, TK just doesn't get it. But does it uh, make Viv happy? It is not trash like Lux says. <laughs> what did you guys do? Lash? Lux? Lash took some damage. Uh, mostly she inflicted on herself when she was trying to compile a sprite. So she's kind of resting up to try to regain her strength. But she also, in her time, she kind of, uh, she picked up a book on um, blow guns. So she has this blow gun and she has all these blow gun darts and she didn't know how to use it uh, just because she didn't get around to learning. So she has taken this time to really learn how to use her uh, blow gun. You definitely had to go to, wait, <laughs> Lux, what was the name of your contractor again? Ricky Jones? Rick, Rick, Jones. Jones. Rick Jones. You definitely had to go to Rick Jones blow dart school. Mm, yes. Yeah. I Yes, I took, I took Three classes, because actually the classes are 12 hours long. It's insane. <laughs> but I took three of them. Um, and the whole time I, I was like, it was it was actually in uh, Lux's apartment. The class <laughs> took place there. Uh, I did not tell Lux because I knew he would get angry about it. Um, but, so that's what those bathtubs were for. <laughs> yeah. We... <laughs> He used his walls for practice, <laughs> and he just kept saying, don't worry, we're going to have to take these down and put up new ones anyway. So I'm using my karma to do to get one. It's an exotic weapon skill, right? Yes, yeah. level one. Yeah. But now I can use it. Um, Lux, did you get up to anything during the your downtime? Lash did not tell me that she's taking the blow dart classes there. So mostly my project has just been to make a livable space on this boat. I overestimated how big the engine room would be. So I had to do a lot of work in the uh, below deck on the on the boat towards the rear end in order to make what Lux feels is a livable space. Uh, so yeah, when you when you open the door uh, to uh, one of the compartments that has not been taken, mm -hmm. uh, that is mostly filled with uh, dials and wheels and um, like pressure gauges and stuff, it's just full to the brim with very fancy clothing uh, that is not yours. Right. Um, it's all incredibly colorful and it is of many, many different styles. Uh, there's a lot of sequins. There's a lot of, there's a lot of ruffles. Uh, there are more than a few uh, like full-length gowns that are made out of uh, the what is it the chameleon suit material right. uh, that like actually has like an active sort of camouflage. camouflage yeah evening wear made from that material uh, and all that belongs to Gabriel so Gabriel claimed that room he he begrudgingly moves it oh, okay he'll he'll get it out of the way yes and mo move it into his own quarters yes but I mean even that room uh, itself wasn't very big I mean you could have put maybe a hammock in there and a chest so, so, you know, Lux is kind of hoping for his condo to be done soon while he's in a relatively small room um, on the boat. Careful a, of the, all the grease. Yes, with a hammock and um, a very small desk. Viv has sort of made a mini cabana on the deck where she's hung up a mirror and a bag of forks that she uses as hairbrushes. And she's just kind of dragged one of the, you know, like a poolside chaise lounge, you know, like the, the ones that fold and flip. She doesn't know if she's going to sleep there or not yet, but it's kind of where she's hanging out most of the time on the boat. Um, okay, now that we've done all the business, um, any other things anybody wants to take care of or shall we, shall we progress? Can we make our, like, my stun damage is zero now? Yeah. 
Uh, If you took any damage during the Jast encounter, you may heal all of your wounds, no matter how they were received. There is one thing that we do need to address, which is, uh, so there can be events in the game where a player is awarded a negative quality um, thanks to events that have transpired. Oh, um, no. You can also award positive <laughs> qualities. Oh, my God. Um, oh, but negative one is Oh, one. but who is it? So, Lux. Oh, no. I'm sorry. You now have a mild phobia of water. Mild phobia of water. Oh. Yeah, and that's not like, you can get on a boat, you'll be okay, but, like, if you are, if you are in the water, uh, or if you have to swim, uh, you just have this crushing visceral memory of the toxic wave mm-hmm. uh, that you uh, that you witnessed at Jast Reclamation. And I think, you know, if you if you try to confront your fears, you know, you can work through it. You know, we'll say that you can get rid of it. But for now, uh, I'm going to ask you uh, to just keep in mind that Lux, Lux is not, not a fan of being in a body of water and will do whatever he can within reason to avoid that. That makes sense. Is there uh, any, does this affect my dice pool at all in aquatic scenarios? Yeah, we'll roll, we'll, yeah, we'll role play it mostly. Okay. Um, we'll figure it out as the situations arise. I'm not asking if you like it, but do you think that's fair? I think it's fair. Okay. Guess that does not. actually make your relationship with Viv and her various spirits, I didn't even think about this, a little more complicated. Oh. Yes. As mentioned, uh, the team also lives on this boat with the semi-retired Shadowrunner and rigger Gabriel Ozaman, who is an experienced pilot, captain, navigator, and engineer. In the downtime for the last couple weeks, Gabriel has been working every day uh, between, of course, his DJ gigs at the ball pit and uh, other various locations uh, to make sure that the ship is tip-top. That includes various design-related decisions made by the team, including a name on the boat. Um, I think there has been some discussion in Meat Space, in real world, about what the name of the boat will be. But uh, you guys going to name your boat, and if so, what? I mean, I want to dedicate something to Pepper. Oh, Pepper's good, actually. Oh, the Pepper Pot. The Majestic Lady Pepper. HMS. Miss Pepper? Her Majesty. HMS Pepper. (laughs) HMS Pepper. (laughs) Could someone say who Pepper is? Pepper's our mascot. Pepper's... uh our dog friend who lives here in the studio with us. She lo- to be clear, she doesn't pay rent. <laughs> she also well, at- does she pay rent? She leaves a lot of hair around. And she gives the best smooches you would have ever felt. She also lives outside of the studio, just to be clear about that. <laughs> Shannon, are you from the 20s? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, what is Pepper's Instagram? Pepper da Pupper. It is the cutest Instagram. I like calling I like calling it Pepper. I think in universe we should have some reason why we like yeah. Pepper. What uh, if, maybe we have group meals and we always use a lot of I don't know, that doesn't make any because sense. Because it's all soy, so we gotta do something about it. But maybe we would name it after the eggs that we ate. Because it's the best thing we've ever had. Mrs. Sandwich? Mrs. Sandwich. Uh, well, yeah, egg. Mrs. Egg. Mrs. Egg. Mrs. Egg. <laughs> Just egg. Egg. Wait, what did what did Yuri call it? Oh, yeah, Mrs. Egg. Mrs. Mrs. Egg. Mrs. Yeah. Mrs. Egg. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like that. Mrs. Egg is... It's unlucky to have a ship without a name, so I think we should... Yeah, Mrs. Egg. Mrs. I Egg. like Mrs. Egg. Mrs. Egg. This, this pleases in real life, Jen. Great. For I'll sure. Look. Okay, is that decided? Mrs. Egg? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Gabriel has been working very hard. <laughs> uh, on one side, he does write M-R-S Egg, and on the other side, he just paints a big egg. Mm. Uh, yes! 
Yeah. Um, he also spent a lot of the time scrubbing off all of the drunken animals that were on the side, and now the boat is just a flat, dark gray. Okay. It's close. Tactical. <laughs> Tactical enough. <laughs> um, as you all are in your various quarters, whether it's on the deck, um, in an engine room, uh, hanging in a hammock somewhere, whatever, you actually, throughout the boat, you hear from bow to stern Gabriel's voice rumble through the Navy ship-turned-party barges bass-heavy sound system, and you hear him say, All hands to the bridge for a captain's address, followed by a light snicker. When you guys get to the bridge, you see uh, a site that you're familiar with from when you first saw the bridge, a bunch of floating holographic charts and maps, dials, a bunch of readouts, and Gabriel is there uh, strapped into the captain's chair. There's a there's a short, thick black wire that's uh, plugged into the port on the side of his head, and uh, as you uh, get into the bridge, uh, he sort of comes to, unplugs the cable that retracts into this giant captain's chair that he's in, and he stands, uh, and he sort of like rubs his eyes like he's, you know, like he's been awake for a while and he's been working really hard on the ship. And he looks at you all and he says, all right, is everybody ready for a status report? Yeah. Yep. I think the thing that Yuri took, remember he took that like black box with a bunch of wires and stuff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure that was the ship's, like it wasn't the GPS locator. It was the onboard record uh, for the GPS locator. So it was like a persistent physical archive of everywhere the boat has been. Black box. Yeah, basically Literally. it was a black box. I don't know why he wanted it, but it seems like he got it. I can't find that. If that thing exists elsewhere on the boat, I've been looking for two weeks. I can't find it. So I think just by process of elimination, that must be what it is. I do know what kind of ship it is. It is an as technology ship. This is actually from their corporate navy. Uh, it's pretty old. I'm pretty sure they actually don't even make this one anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how it became a party barge. Like, I tried to do a bunch of matrix searches, try to just sort of, like, find anything in the boat, any manifest anywhere. I can't find anything. It doesn't look like it was ever a party barge in New York. So it seems like it maybe just came here and went right to Jast's from wherever it was shepherding around bachelorette parties or something. So when it came to New York, must have been, you know, then there's a series of events where eventually Yuri hears about it and figures out that his ship is is back in the city. So he probably was interested in it's the boat's previous locations. Maybe he hid some treasure somewhere. Or he just doesn't want, like, the idea is that if Yuri could tell that it's around, someone else could tell that it's around, and there's maybe a reason that he doesn't want people knowing where it was. I see, because there's been some illegal things done in this boat. Who knows? Right. Came uh, to New York, wants to start a new life. This boat wants to erase its past. Sometimes you want to start, you move to New York and you want to start over. Along those lines, I got some bad news, uh, which is that I would say that right now the distance that this boat went from uh, Jasts to here is about um, as far as it could go (laughs) for the time being um, until further notice. We are going to be stationary. Um, I'm working as fast as I can, but it's an old boat. Parts are hard to get. I got to make a lot of stuff. Well, the great news is we're here in Hudson Yards. It's beautiful. We got rooms. We got a gym. And Viv is uh, twirling a fork in her hair like spaghetti, and she says, we still got the dinghy. Uh, he's like, and then Gabriel's like, Gabriel's like, we do. We do still have the dinghy. Don't worry. I'm going to work as hard as I can, as fast as I can to get this thing in tip-top shape. And he pats the console, and a door opens from underneath. And a bunch of cables fall out, which he then puts his finger up in the air and says, oh, oh, which reminds me, I fixed the ship's onboard computer. Hey, Artemis, 
and you hear a very pleasant English voice say, Hello, Gabriel. Uh, Artemis, what's the population of New York City? The current population of Manhattan is estimated at 2.2 million, but the corporate arcologies keep their population data private. The outer boroughs have not participated in an officially recognized census since... Well, okay, blah, 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 blah. Doom and gloom, apocalypse archipelago. I get it. So anyways, uh, I uh, I trained her to everyone's Playing voice. Doom and Gloom Archipelago from your Spotify. <laughs> Spotify is now owned by Aztec. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how y'all talk to y'all computers, but that always had me happening to be in my house. <laughs> um, uh, Artemis just slipped into character. I think he was a comedian. <laughs> I used to be a puppet for a racist man in Las Vegas. <laughs> Jeff Dunham's puppets were bought as IP and then used to program home AIs. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> it's not real. It's not canon. Oh, no. I'm, I'm doing a goof. You don't, I feel like I don't know that. Oh, that is extremely upsetting. <laughs> Y'all get so sad. We're, we're going to have to hear the racist terrorist puppet for the rest of our time here. Uh, you, you, you guys, you guys fought a a demon Glenn Danzig, oh, so <laughs> and yeah. and the the Jeff Dunham future was more up was more upsetting. Oh yeah, give me a Danzig any time. Um. Okay. So anyway, uh, I trained her to everyone's voices, uh, so she should be able to tell you all apart. Uh, she has a different instance in each of your quarters. If you want to give her a try right now, you feel free to ask her stuff. See what she says. Artemis, can you give me the reviews for Rick Jones Contractor in Manhattan? Hello, Lux. According to ALIF list, the most popular source for contractor reviews in the tri-state area, Rick Jones Contracting gets four stars out of 17 stars. The top review from user Lucky Boy Horse Time 416 reads, <laughs> Bathtubs, bathtubs, bathtubs. Everything is bathtubs. How many baths am I supposed to take? Where are my children? In their beds are bathtubs. <laughs> Would you like to listen to more reviews from a lift list? Uh, yeah, can you read a positive one? I just just if there is one, the highest review, the most stars out of seventeen. Searching, searching. Positive review found. I was cursed by a warlock to be half fish, and now I live in an apartment full of bathtubs. I asked for parquet flooring, but now I have nothing but bathtubs. Did I ask for this? No, but I love it. Sometimes you don't know what you want until it's given to you. And I'm as lucky as a horse boy at 4.16pm, because now I can flop around from one bathtub to another. All the haters on here, hush up. Rick Jones contracting is best contracting. Contract. Gabriel turns the master volume down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's enough. Okay, that Jesus works pretty Christ. well. <laughs> You're going to have to install a governor or like some kind of electric collar on me. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so uh, Gabriel continues. Okay, all right, enough fun with Artemis. You can also, if you want to, install a version of her on your comm if you want to ask her any like easy questions. But uh, anything that's like heavy lifting, you're going to have to ask her from the boat. Finally, the Jast job was exciting, mm -hmm. but uh, I'm getting kind of old. You know, and you sort of, you look at Gabriel and you see like lines on his face. Underneath all the tattoos, you can see he's got some crow's feet, he's got some smile lines. He's like, I think... Uh, I think my running days are maybe mostly uh, over. Uh, and I was wondering if you guys would be okay if I like, I don't know. I mean, I'm happy to keep working on the boat. I actually, I actually sort of love this boat. 
like this is a fun challenge like I haven't done a fixer upper like this in a really long time and like I don't know like when I'm when I'm working on it and when I'm like jumped into it it's just like it's really hard to describe because none of you are rigorous you like don't really get like maybe don't know what this is like but it's just like very comfortable it like feels it feels like I fit on this boat so like I'm happy to sort of like run the show here I don't know like maybe I can run with you if you need me if you like really need an extra hand but like how would you guys feel and he makes eye contact with Lux I mean I could just be your guys' fixer, hook you up with jobs and stuff, and just kind of take care of things around the old floating homestead. I mean, I, I'm i not going to miss it. I would. I think that would actually be helpful. What do you guys think? I'm amenable to that. Okay. Seems all right. Seems all right. You know me. You know I love Gabe. Gabriel, we've only known you for a couple of weeks now, and I really feel like you're part of the family. Oh, that's so nice. You know, you moved all your caftans and, and tunics and all kinds of feathers, th- feathered things for me, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely need a lot of work on this boat if we're going to live here, so it's not like we could just send you on your way. You're the only one who knows how to work the damn thing, <laughs> right? So I feel like, you know, as long as you want to run with us or be home base operations with us, then that would be good with me. Uh, <clears throat> You know, when, when we're gone, you can use the gym. I'm also going to use the gym when... You're here. <laughs> but I'm saying... I can also use it when, when you're gone. I appreciate that, Deacon. That means, that means a lot to me. That's, I feel like that's a big step. Yeah, and that applies for everything on the boat. Is <laughs> <laughs> I can use it while you you're can both. You can use it while we're, while we're gone here as and, well, yeah. Because yeah. you live here. Nice. That's great. Uh, it's good to hear that you guys are into that um, because I already have a job for you. Oh, oh great. Uh, Pulling your weight already? Yeah. Okay. So actually, I got a call from uh, an old law school buddy of mine uh, this Wait, morning. Wait, you're a lawyer? Oh, yeah. I didn't tell you that. No. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, before I did like DJ things, uh, I was, yeah, I, I practiced a lot of, a lot of, a lot of law. Uh, so, okay. yeah, if you guys also, if you ever need any legal help, um, you can we also will. refer to me as your counsel. Oh, great. We're definitely going to need that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was mostly criminal law, too. So, oh, perfect. We're, we're criminals. <laughs> yeah, that's what we are. You know that, right? Yeah. It turns, okay. it turns out that's not a coincidence. And that's right. one of the assets that I bring to the teams that I work with. Oh, yeah. Great. Wow. Amazing. So, anyways. Got a call from an old law school buddy of mine uh, this morning. It's a job that his team can't take for some reason. Uh, he was pretty unclear about why. But the money's apparently all right. It's uh, like a quick job. It sounds like it's a frame job. Uh, and it's with uh, a small corp in Tribeca. And uh, they could meet with you this afternoon. So I can set up that meeting if you want to go. I'm down. Let's do it. Okay. There's one thing, though. The guy, my buddy, let me know that this is an appropriate attire required situation. So y'all are going to have to dress like corporate stooges. Sorry. No tactical gear? Well, it can be tactical as long as it's also like salary man appropriate. Ugh, does this mean I have to put on shoes? Yes. TK, you can borrow one of my suits. You cannot put pockets on my suits. Uh, so what I have written here in my notes is just pretty woman montage, so you guys yeah. can just describe <laughs> <laughs> however you want. To. I feel like, Lux, maybe you're already all set. Yeah, I look at the mirror, and I nod, and then I do a Fonz. What am I going to do to fix this? TK's standing right behind Lux as he's doing this, uh, having entered the room mid-montage like montage because Lux had invited him in. Oh, I know. Uh, <clears throat> yes, I look good. Uh, come on in, come on in, come on in. Uh, yes, so I picked out all of my the the darkest gray and black suits that I have that have a little bit of uh, a little bit less shine to them, a little bit more matte for you. This is actually a, a feriamos, and this is made actually by two dwarven brothers who um, actually are, are in space. Will they fit? Let's put them on you, and let's see. I could do some tailoring. They fit great. Girl, um, turn to the left. It's work. It's work. Work. Yeah. TK yes. walks up to the mirror and does the exact same thing that Lux did 
when you he walked in the room. You feel really good. Even fits the cyber arm. I walk into the room and say, you got anything that'll fit me? Lash, I do not have anything that'll fit you. Come on, something that's a little baggy in the legs. Yeah, it's definitely not going to be baggy on you. You're an enormous woman. Let's see, how tall are you? How tall are you? I'm six foot two. Yeah, I'm just, I'm a measly six five. Yeah, but you're so much bulkier than me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Gabriel might have a really baggy play suit that you can wear. Oh, incredible. Gabe, you got something I could check out. Yeah, hold on. Let me get something from my room. Uh, and he comes He comes back with a white base, uh, yellow flower print play suit with a belt around the waist. I guess this will have to do. Yellow is not really my color, but I love it, Gabe. So do I. Don't mess it up. I'll try not to. Uh, it has pockets. Oh, this is great. And how can I stretch my legs? How big can I push my legs you out? You hear a slight, this? a slight, a very quiet rip that no one else hears. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Viv is on the houseboat uh, with her hand in the water. She's grabbed up a, a blowfish. She sort of like spooks it a little bit. So oh. it <laughs> blows up. And she uh, puts it on her head and wraps her really long hair around it. So she has a little beehive with like a little, like a tiny blowfish face sticking out of it. <laughs> oh, so is the fish alive or dead? We're going to say that because uh, magic is involved. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, the only shoes that she has are designer knockoff Roman sandals that sort of, you know, wrap a- along her legs. It's the fanciest thing she has. They're called Jimmy Hoos. <laughs> and... Uh, she sort of just uh, runs her hands down the length of her caftan, and as it passes, it sort of turns into, like, blue fish scales. As you all get dressed and meet again on the boat, uh, Gabriel espies you all and says, Y'all look great. I think that this is this is definitely appropriate attire. Uh, Can you take a picture of us all dressed up to, uh, for the boat? You know, I would love to. And uh, he snaps a little photo using his comb uh, and then messages it to you all. Oh, that is great. You guys want to do a fun one? <laughs> and Viv was already caught unaware with the photo, so she's clearly blinking. Where's the blowfish looking? Direct, <laughs> directly into the camera. <laughs> it's just staring forward. Yeah, don't cause too much trouble while you're there. Just hear him out. Uh, you know, got to pay the rent somehow. And by rent, I mean got to fix this, fix this boat. Cool. Thanks, Gabriel. Good luck, kids. Thanks, Gabe. Uh, hey, Shannon, has this ever happened to you? What? You got to get your family presents for the holiday, but you don't know who they are as people? Uh, so much so. What do I do? Get them a Shaker and Spoon subscription. It's so good. You get a box of cocktail fixins every month. Mixers, garnish, you name it. Enough to make 12 servings of three cocktails. Well, All you need is the base liquor. Which, I mean, you know, let's be honest, everyone's family has plenty of base liquor. Oh, yeah, you are correct. How much is it? It's 40 to 50 bucks a month, but get this. If you go to shakerandspoon.com slash funcity, you'll get $20 off that first month. And you don't need to tell your family you used a discount code on their present. Oh my gosh, I'm going to shakerandspoon.com slash funcity right now. Send. That was an ad Perfect. read. That was an ad read. That was great. Oh, well, you forgot about me. I'm Shaker McSpoons. Shaker? Oh, no. I'm the lovable Shaker and Spoon mascot. He escaped from the computer. (laughs) 
the address that Gabriel gave you is in Tribeca. Um, it, uh, I don't know why I like wrote down the actual address. Do we care about where? I want to hear. Sure. It's, it'll be like Russian doll. We know where yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, is on, it upper or lower Tribeca? It's on Collister between Beach and Hubert. But. Is it upper. on the superstructure or is it? It's on the superstructure, yeah. Okay. So um, actually, it's in a portion of the city that was completely destroyed. Uh, it was entirely leveled, almost down to the dirt. And uh, several decades ago, it was rebuilt to like exacting specifications to look exactly like it looked in the 18th and 19th centuries. Shipping depots, which have never held a shipment, warehouses, which have never housed anywheres, only like exceptionally wealthy startups, a bunch of real estate agencies, architects, like architectural firms, all in these pristine 18th and 19th century style buildings built in the last five to 10 years. Henley drops you off in front of an immaculately detailed brick and slab stone building, uh, complete with a shuttered loading dock platform that is in pristine condition. Nothing has ever backed into this loading dock ever. And at the top of a set of corrugated metal stairs, uh, which have been painted black, you can see a small lobby uh, with a receptionist and a massive troll security detail. Um, the building is actually, for the most part, unmarked. You don't, you, you know, you're at the right address. You can see the number, but there's no business name on it. Let's go inside. So the lobby is about a 15 foot by 20 foot space. It's pretty small. Uh, it's got a gently curved white stone desk uh, behind which sits a very pleasant looking human man uh, in a light short sleeve blue shirt. He's got a long blonde beard and it has a single charm woven into it. Uh, and you can see his eyes sort of flit back and forth uh, as he scans the AR display that's beamed into his wireless contacts. Uh, he taps a few buttons on a keyboard that's recessed into his desk uh, and he looks up at you and he says, ah, ah, you must be, and he squints a little bit, uh, the Ozaman, Ozam, Ozaman group, and you all, you all look grand. Was that a question? No, you all just do oh, look, you okay. all look great. Oh, okay, it sounded like a question, but thank you. Now that you're in the lobby, you can see that further into the building, there's a giant, um, they're called mad scanners, and these are pieces of technology that scan uh, all of your credentials that are on your comlinks, um, and also scan to make sure that you have no weapons on you. Uh, the man gestures towards the troll security detail and says, if you have any implements of destruction on you, you can leave them here with Reginald. Um, TK takes out his combat axe and hands it over. Okay. Uh, Viv stumbles over and does the same as she rummages from underneath her sparkling caftan. I forget that Viv has a combat axe. Yeah. Fucking good weapon, too. Whoa. <laughs> Lux's bracers are designed to not be detected by these things. Mm. But I know that these better ones can detect toxins, so I, I remove the uh, toxins themselves. That means that they're just armored bracers but uh, underneath my suit so they don't they're no longer weapons um and so i i put the little capsules um in the with uh what's his name gregory reginald <laughs> with reginald reginald, yeah. reginald. Lash takes uh, her blowgun out of the one boot and then a handful of darts out of the other boot and like drops them Lash, in the you bucket just have those darts in there loose yeah. <laughs> that doesn't like puncture your Look legs? Look at, no, my legs, it's got to be parallel with my legs. The, the two shall never meet, parallel. Okay. Fabulous, fabulous. And um, so uh, just one, one more thing. I'm sure you're used to it in your line of work. And he looks directly at Viv and says, but uh, for safety, and I'm sure you understand it, is company policy. A counter speller will be assigned to the magic user in your party for the duration of your visit uh, because I I mean, you know, you you can't ex 
exactly be disarmed. We mean no disrespect, miss, and he taps on his keyboard a little bit. Lakewood. It is, like I said, company policy. And you hear uh, a set of footsteps coming from the other side of the hallway. Uh, And then you see... The human woman that approaches you is tall, ethereally thin, with an aggressive pink hook of a nose and black flitting eyes. It is not the case that a shaman turned a pale and wicked flamingo into a human woman. Nevertheless, anyone who sees her is forced to consider it. She is bald and wears a gray synth flannel skirt suit with a brass name tag on her lapel that simply reads Martha. Hello. Hey, Martha. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. And let me sense you. Hello, Martha. (laughs) It's a pleasure to meet you. She extends her hand and her fingers are long and pink like the legs of a Barbie doll. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Vivian, the pleasure is all mine. And Viv sort of extends her hand underneath, but instead of clasping, she just runs her fingers under her palm. Martha matches the action on your hand. This is turning into a very different kind of podcast. (laughs) TK stares like, what the fuck? Uh, it looks over flash. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Now that we are all acquainted, uh, Miss Ashna will see you on the fifth floor, and you hear a distant elevator ding on the other side of the mad scanners. Good day. Thank you. So I get through. Yeah, you all get through. If if so, out of game, like, you got to tell me, the universe, you don't have anything on you that is a weapon? Is that true? I mean, aside no. from... You have a his whole body. Yeah, I mean you have a you have a whole body, but yeah, you, you have you sir you have, a body. have a whole body, <laughs> still armed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no one no one has anything that is literally a weapon. Okay, no. cool, nope. great. All of you get through the scanners uh, without incident. They beep happily, and you get your way into the elevator. Um, and Martha just tails behind Vivian, but is if incredibly disturbing to be around, perfectly pleasant. Uh, Viv just has her hands clasped in front of her as she walks, but sort of stumbles a little bit because she hates wearing shoes. This place is really well appointed. It's very like 20th century designy. Um, there's a lot of sticks in big vases and fake plants around and very innocuous, almost like restaurant style paintings. You know what I mean? It's like abstract, but not not right. even really abstract, yeah. just sort so of shapes. Ace Hotel, yeah, like 21st century. Yeah, I mean, that's pr- actually pretty close, but without the pretense of being cool. Like there's no wood grain anywhere. Cool. It's all white marble. It's all glass, white steel, very... Very, very simple. And there is no identifying mark. There's no name of a company. Um, there's no advertising. There's nothing anywhere. You get in the elevator. You go up to the fifth floor. The elevator opens onto a through-floor office. Uh, so this office takes up the entire floor of this reconstructed shipping warehouse. It is very different from everything you've seen so far. It actually does have a lot of that sort of old wood grain charm. It's uh, very convincing. The wood beams look like they're very old. They're wood floor is very rough. Uh, It's all unfinished, wide grain. It's magnificent. It's a gigantic space, exposed beams. It's got these old, those old cloudy warehouse windows with the thin frames. It's mostly unfurnished, except there are two directly in front of you freestanding walls that you're looking at the side of. They're sort of near the middle of the space, a few meters away from either side of a huge executive desk made of dark wood and has a very thin steel top. Um, The walls reach almost, but not quite, to the ceiling. The wall to the left is lined with books. The one to the right is covered in a multi-channel projection of what looks like security camera feeds, local news reports, um, and at least one cartoon show. You're about 
maybe 10 or 15 feet away from the desk. Uh, and you can see that uh, a woman is sitting there uh, and she is working intently. And um, as you uh, exit the elevator, she beckons you wordlessly, not looking up from the work on her desk. We move into the room, and as Viv approaches, she's not. Well, she knows that the woman's not looking at her, but she still bows <laughs> so that the blowfish is making eye contact with her. Very polite. Martha says, "Please, this way." And she notices uh, you're having trouble walking in your shoes, Viv. And she says, "Hmm, first time in the city." No. Uh, I just don't wear shoes very often. <laughs> You'll get the hang of it. As you approach the desk, um, you notice that the woman who's seated there is human. Uh, she's Japanese. She's in an exactingly tailored gray suit with a white shirt. Uh, her hair is long, and it's dyed a dull kind of blue-gray, and it's pushed behind her ears. Um, you can see that she, like Viv, uh, has a pair of rose gold AR glasses. However, they are huge. And as you move across the room, and she sort of turns her head this way and that to look at the materials on her desk, they sort of glint like beacons reflecting some of the light from the room. And you see the giant lenses sort of flashing both with reflected light and with the material that is projected on them. You can see open windows moving around. You can see text being spelled out. You can see videos playing in reverse on the other side of these glasses that almost cover this woman's whole face. As you approach... She uh, raises her hands, and you see her similarly very well-tailored mid-forearm-length gray haptic gloves that are matched perfectly to her suit. And as she brings her hands together, knuckles touching, and pushes them violently aside, everything on her glasses disappears, as does all of the material that's on the projected screen to the right of the desk. She takes her glasses off, puts them on her desk, looks at all of you very carefully and says, Ah, yes, Ozaman, right on time. Please have a seat. I have a meeting in five minutes, so we're going to have to make this pretty quick. And in front of you, there are four very comfortable-looking mid-century leather and wood chairs. TK sits. Viv also takes a seat with a sigh of relief. Lux sits as well. Lash sits down. I mean, T- TK also uh, gets ready to do uh, some matrix perception. Okay, you, l- you let me know what you want to do, and then... I think I think he's it. just checking things out in AR. Okay. Just, you know, All look, right. looking at the exits. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's nothing nothing out of the ordinary. You don't see any of her accessories are not broadcast. He's not, yeah, he's not suspicious. He's just okay. trying okay. to be aware of what's going on. Uh, if you're doing a matrix uh, perception check, you'll see that uh, one of Martha's eyes is an implant that she uses to go into AR and VR. That Martha's a complicated lady. Yeah. Flamingo. Got those doll hands. Got those doll leg hands. Ew. <laughs> Got those doll gam hands. I wish you hadn't said any of that. Me too. <laughs> All right, so first things first. I don't know what Mark told your fixer, but uh, we're going to get this going with the utmost discretion, so um, don't go blabbing about any of this uh, to anybody, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to make you sign a contract or anything because you're criminals. Uh, just know that if this gets big uh, or even if it gets small, you are all obviously the weak link, and we're going to come after you first. You and your... Uh, she picks up her glasses again and uh, sort of holds them an inch or two in front of her face and like wiggles her hand around a little bit to the side. She says, you and your... Uh, Atloa, I don't know how to say some of these letters, Atloa class as technology warship currently anchored at North Northwest 35th Street on Manhattan's west side. She puts her glasses down and looks at you all and says, Comprende? Indeed. TK doesn't say anything. You there. Comprende. TK nods. Okay, that's good. That's what I like to see. I like to see some gumption. Very tight nod. (laughs) Yeah, she appreciates it. 
Lux is writing down the ship name that she said, and he and he says, what, "Can you tell us what the name of the ship is again?" <laughs> you don't know the name of your own ship? And absolutely not. Oh, great! They were off to a great start. Yeah. Could you repeat it? Though? <laughs> <laughs> she rolls her eyes and picks up her glasses one more time and says, "A T L with a cross through it. A W A." Okay, great. <laughs> I haven't. This is a new com link. Hey, what what can we do for you? Yeah. But, so that's a yes. So that's yes. a yes. You you understand that this is a you know this is we a, understand. It's a verbal contract. Sta- like it's pretty stuff. standard. Yeah. I mean, you called us criminals, but we we haven't actually admitted to that. Just in case that's this is being recorded. Um, but alleged criminals is fine. She puts her hand up and makes like a talky 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 yappy 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 right. motion and taps her wrist. As absolutely. If. What would you like us to do? <laughs> Just want to make sure we're all on the same page here. Uh, you know, loose lips sink ships, as they say. Mo Ashna, head of Special Projects Combinatorial Limited. It's very nice to meet you. I'm sure that you're already aware. Uh, we represent a consortium of some of the larger and more well-resourced corporations here in New York City, and we need you to frame this man for various misdeeds. And on the screen that was just previously populated with uh, a bunch of uh, security footage, you see a bunch of photos pop up of one man. It's a male troll. Uh, he's got a particularly pronounced set of horns. He's got really dramatic features. He's got very high cheekbones. He's got a giant square jaw. In all of the photos, uh, he's wearing the same black and gray suit, and he's wearing the same massive bright gold watch. In some of them, he is wearing a pair of, I don't know how to say it. Is it pince-nez? Pince-nez? Pince-nez. Oh, pince. Oh, yeah. that makes Pence. perfect sense. Those glasses, and they are comically small, on his gigantic head. She gestures at the screen and turns towards it and says, this is Severin Salix. Uh, he goes by Vern. Uh, he's a German expat. He is currently the liaison between the Police Benevolent Association, which is basically like the NYPD Incorporated Union, and uh, which is uh, sometimes called the PBA, uh, and the city's Office of Collective Bargaining, the OCB. You follow me so far? Yes. He's the go-between for the PBA and the OCB. Like this guy. Taking notes. Love it. Appreciate it. We need you to plant footage of him transgressing some sworn oaths as a representative of the police force. Um, not like uh, shooting innocent people or like doing drugs or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's some real like breakfast cereal shit. We mean more like fraternizing with and helping the competition. So uh, we got footage of him like playing cards with gang members, taking meetings with some high up Yakuza dudes, paying off some pirates in Gravesend, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Verstanden? You have all the stuff. We have actually spent considerable production resources in creating the base footage, but um, there is a problem. And she wiggles one of her fingers, and the screen clicks over from photos of Severin Solex to videos of various, like, like a dark basement, a back alley. And in each, there is an obvious, large, troll-sized gap. There's, like, a massive empty chair at a card table. Uh, there's a giant gap in a semicircle of heavily tattooed Japanese men with samurai swords. Cold City Storage, where we need you to plant all of this footage, recently upgraded its spec and will only accept footage that combines biometric data of city employees, which includes things like depth maps, fingerprint footage, iris scans, and all of that. So, Solix, being of a very unique size and proportion, we don't want to risk any modeling errors. We're not going to guesstimate at this. So we need you to go get high-quality 3D scans of his body. We need you to bake those scans into the footage, and then we need you to plant the footage at City Cold Storage on Roosevelt Island. So we kidnap him? I don't care how you do it, just get it done. Remember what I said, you got to keep it quiet. It's got to be small. 
So no kidding. City cold storage? Yeah, it's uh, the document archive that the city has. It's on Roosevelt Island. It's in the big octagonal building. I'm sure you guys know about it. You guys would know about this building. Right. So basically you shot stock footage <clears throat> missing a big person and you want us to do the rest. Mm-hmm. I mean, not the rest. Uh, we have other teams on this working a bunch of different angles. For instance, we don't need you to leak the footage. You're going to put the footage in city cold storage, and then someone else a week or two later is going to find it. You don't know who they are. They don't know who you are. That's how this whole thing works. What's the timeline? Timeline, well, I mean, you got to get everything in there, let's say, by next week. Anything we should know about this, Vern? Does he have a family? I don't know. Where does he live? Uh, Upper West Side. But actually, you're in luck. He's a pretty reclusive guy. He's like a wake up, go to work, go home kind of dude. Doesn't really do a whole lot, doesn't go on a whole lot. And uh, because of his position, um, actually has a lot of security around him or like hangs out with people who are security. Uh, and so getting to him is pretty hard. This weekend, however, he is giving a talk at um, Hold On. And she picks up her glasses again um, and like starts flitting around. Uh, um it's this thing. It's at the it's at the Javits Bloomberg Center. Um, it's like a conference. It's got this extremely long and very very stupid name. It's like the International Policing and Security Professionals Trade and Labor Consortium Annual Exposition. Blah 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 blah. It just it keeps on going like this. Anyway, he's going to be at this conference, and uh, you might actually be able to get. I know it sounds weird that going to the police conference might be easier and safer than just getting him at his house, but who knows? No one's going to be expecting it. That could be the place that you get him. Uh, oh, which also reminds me. And she reaches into her desk and she pulls out three gadgets. One is uh, like a long metal bar. Uh, one of is is like a short handle with a circle on the end. And the other one is a shorter, stumpier handle with a glowing green square on the top. And she throws the first one to TK, the second one to Viv, and the third one to Lux. Um, and she says, that's a depth scanner. That's an iris scanner. And that's a fingerprint scanner. Those work very quickly, although you need to be very close. Otherwise, uh, they're basically foolproof. They're the result of a bunch of R&D with some of the best resourced organizations that we work with, some of our largest clients. They are also extremely expensive, so do not lose or break them. I need them back when the job is done. Capiche? Yeah. Got it. Uh I assume because you accepted the items that you are taking the job. What's the pay? We pay a base rate of 5,000 new yen each. I will double it if you can get scans of his irises and his fingerprints. Other than that, we'll see how quickly you do it and how big of a stink you make. We're not above increasing our pay to show our appreciation for quick, efficient, and discreet work. So the main thing you need is his depth. Yes. Basically a 3D scan of his whole body. Right. So in order to have that, um, how far away do we need to be from him? A couple inches. We have to have this wand get his whole body a couple inches. Okay. Do they need to be still or no? Yes. They, he needs to be he still. He needs to be still. And uh, are, these, are these guys hooked up to anything? Or are these guys running silent? These will pair with your comm, and they will be slaved devices to your comm. Okay, I got a question about this guy in general and about why you want to do this to him. What, what kind of stake do you have in this? What do you what do you want to frame this guy for? I like you because you're clearly a perceptive person. Mm -hmm. If you can convince me why you need to know, then I will right. tell you. For me, it's whether or not I want to... <laughs> a little something about me real quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, there could be a lot of implications, I could tell you that. Um, but, you know, a big one might just be, you know, do I want to take the job? To be honest with you, if this is some sort of a union-busting move, then I'm not for it. My dad worked for the train catcher's union. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, so I... Yeah, the, yeah. yeah, the train catchers, yeah. Yes. Um, we all know that when that bad train AI took over um, and they were running 
themselves, people had to go out to catch them because they could only be stopped on the trains themselves. <laughs> and they didn't want to pay them very well, did they? A real valiant order, the train catchers. Yes. So I'm not going to stand for it. And you could have these guys and these guys might be able to help you, but I'm going to be out. Um, so I just want to make sure that none of that is going on. I'm just going to ask you to roll straight charisma. Is it first impressions? It is. Oh, okay. oh so for sure. Plus, plus two, so that's eight total die. While you're doing the diet, Mike, yep. the Javits Center survives apocalyptic floods. The Javits <laughs> Bloomberg Center. <laughs> it got airlifted. It got, that's like saying, oh, it's September and we found a snowman that survived summer. <laughs> yes, it is. Out of eight dice, I got four hits. She frustratedly picks up her glasses and wiggles a finger and puts her glasses back down and sort of look like cl- closes her eyes, looks up at the ceiling, breathes a, a sort of frustrated sigh like... <sighs> <clears throat> okay, fine. There's a little bit of there is a little bit of background. He does work for the policeman's union. However, the u- that union hasn't been a union. Has only been a union like in name for decades. Mm-hmm. It's been essentially an extortion arm of NYPD Incorporated for the city. They're not really interested in workers' rights, as if such a thing even exists. Over the last couple months, though. Salix has been trying to architect a strike. He's got the ear of some of the upper brass. He is talking with some folks at the OCB. The rumor is that it's working and it's all scuttlebutt right now. Nothing is confirmed. No one knows how far along he is. No one knows how much support there is in the rank and file. All people know is that it's gotten through some of the channels to some of the corporations that NYPD Incorporate has private contracts with that he is trying to put together a strike. It seems like all of his reasons are the the same thing that it's always been every single time the police have threatened a strike. The pay raises don't come quickly enough or the pay raises aren't enough. The shifts are too long. Um, The city doesn't invest in new equipment. The city doesn't invest in marketing. And so recruit numbers are low. And so there aren't enough police on the streets. And it makes the current force's job even harder. But none of that makes any sense because NYPD Inc. gets almost no money from the city. At this point, it's essentially a show of support. It's a pittance. It's just like a piece of performance art for the mayor to show NYPD Incorporated that he's on their side. So the money doesn't matter. They get all of their money from their corporate contracts. So obviously the PBA is crooked. They're looking to extort the city. Whatever the reasons, a strike would be bad for business. We got a bunch of big companies, many of whom we represent in the city. They got private contracts with NYPD Incorporated. They can't deal with a strike. They don't want one of their security forces no longer protecting them. So they figure just disgrace this guy, disgrace him and ruin his reputation. And then he's going to be ejected from the PBA or something. Who knows? You know, they got they're working a bunch of angles. This is just one of them. But that's the plan. Who are you going to try to replace Vern with? What do you mean? Well, you want to you want to get him out. Who are you trying to replace him with? Uh, that's not my job. That's someone else's job. All right. We well, just need we just need some you know some quick talkers, some keyboard cowboys to just take care of this. Sounds like some video editors. Well, I mean, yeah, keyboard cowboy. That's under the umbrella of keyboard cowboy. Come on, keep up. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> How is Lux sitting when he says <laughs> "I guess" like that? He just you know he crosses his legs, he crosses his arms, he looks up. At the ceiling, which is very much like something from the 18th century. Um, And he's just like, I tell you, I don't like union busting. And you say this is just a bad union. Um, All right. I don't know. It sounds like a pretty kind of a piece of shit, guy. So I don't have any objection. Does anybody else have any objection? It's the cops. Not at all. Fuck cops. TK's all about fuck cops. (laughs) What about you, Lash? I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. But if it inspires you to do the job, then great. 
Okay. I I I'm I am down. <laughs> Lash is so down. Viv, do you have any other questions? What are you feeling? No, I'd like to get started. So it's Wednesday right now. Salix is going to be at the conference on Friday. He's giving a talk in the mid-afternoon. I will send you a map of the conference center and his schedule uh, so that you can see when and where he will be. If you can get a scan of him sometime that day and plant the footage within two days after that, and then another team will find it next week. We will know that everything works when the footage is recovered by Team B, and so we will wire you the money when that happens. Does that mean we're the A team? <laughs> With no trace of knowing, she looks at you and says, yes. I mean, TK doesn't know either. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Viv stands up if there's nothing else. Oh, uh, however you get them, make sure you bring me back those doodads. Absolutely. Un uncharacteristically unsure of what she's saying. However it happens, just make sure you bring me back those gadgets. And I'm guessing there can't be any proof that we mess with this guy or else that kind of ruins the whole... Well, like I said, if you get the footage planted and then they figure out it's you and we figure out that someone figured out it's you, you've solved one problem but then made another problem. Right. The second problem is one that we're very good at solving. Okay. Am I being clear that I'm threatening violence? Yeah, no. I okay, great, great. Just no, want to be, just want to make sure if we're... If you didn't get a reaction from us, is because we're very used to that. That's part of the job. Happens. Everybody thinks that they could kill us. Um, that's a very fun... People are threatening your lives, left and right. I know, yeah. right? You're many, telling me. Many Ooh. have tried. Many have tried. <laughs> None have succeeded. I'm not saying you can't. That's fine. You got great glasses. Just to be doubly clear here... We I love double can't, clarity. We can't get this guy, hog tie him, throw him in a truck, and do this to him because if when he gets out of that, he's going to report this, and he's going to be, and then people are going to be on the lookout for you know fakes and things like that, and he's got an accountable ally that that what this is is a fake because he's been kidnapped. Like he he can't be aware that he's been recorded in this way. Is that correct? Listen, that sounds like detail work. I don't do detail work. We will figure it out. You got. Right. I mean, what do you got? You got two. Uh, I got. She puts on her glasses fully now and starts typing um, in the air with her gloves. Mm -hmm. She's like, "You have a battle decker, uh, tap 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 tap, a technomancer, tap mm -hmm. tap 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 tap, a water magician." Looks over at Martha. <laughs> okay, tap 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 tap, <laughs> and and a tap 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 tap. Is your is your condo under construction? What is what does this mean? Yeah, do you have pictures of it right now? Yeah. Can I take a look at those? Whatever. It seems like you guys have a lot of resources at your disposal. I'm sure you can figure yeah, out something. Yeah, we do. I just want to make sure that we are getting we're good doing the job to the requirements that you're specifying. I mean, because we could just kill this guy and then get you all the information. That obviously wouldn't do anything good for you because then you can't frame him. Yeah, we so, could. Yes, if we wanted him dead, we would hire you to kill him. Unfortunately, right. we you know have reason to believe that if he's all killed, right. the entire NYPD Incorporated. We'll try would, to be discreet. If he, I do not like being interrupted, sir. Sorry. But now that it's happened, can we go? Yes. Goodbye. Good gloves. It it's lovely. always it always looks good when your gloves match your suit exactly. That doesn't look like a cartoon. It was lovely <laughs> meeting you. Bye. Martha. Love <laughs> lovely meeting Martha you. Martha genuinely love you. You're great. Well, we'll still be together as we ride down the elevator together. I know, but I wanted to start the compliments now. Please allow Viv me. Viv clears her throat. <clears throat> allow me to show you out. TK's already at the elevator. <laughs> uh, In the elevator, Martha looks over at um, uh, Viv and says, That is an iris scanner. Very expensive. Thank you, Martha. And if you'd like to go for a swim sometime. And she just lightly bonks her forehead on Martha's forehead. Oh, 
It looks like your hair is deflating. Oh, and Viv sort of tries to fix it. Aren't those extremely poisonous? You eat them. Not to me. Don't eat Viv's hair. <laughs> the elevator dings open. Dude just walks the fuck out. Okay. He's done with all this. You get all your stuff back from Reginald. Mm-hmm. The receptionist at the front desk just gives you a pleasant wave, doesn't say anything. Any parting words from Martha? Martha, I hope we see you again. You might. I'm going to add you to my Facebook. <laughs> Viv uh, touches hands with Martha again in the same way, just slightly brushing at, you know, the sort of magician's handshake. <laughs> okay. I want TK to run a matrix perception chest on Martha's eye. Roll it off. Three hits. Um, Hold on, I have to ask Martha a question. I like Martha. You would like Martha. I like Martha because there's really no one in this game that I've met that I didn't like. <laughs> That's the thing about... You would be playing cards with Jast right now if you could. <laughs> yeah. I just love a guy with a dog. Buddy, I love that dog. <laughs> and I love that gun. You see Martha's eye. It is not uh, running silent. You find it um, in the sort of medium thick haze of of items that are broadcast nearby in AR. Um, you see that it is actually kind of an old model. And, it, you know, it's not it's not a particularly cutting edge eye. Um it, uh, it doesn't seem to have much in the way of capability. Um, the one specific item that you learn is that it is named, uh, Martha has given it a name, and uh, as a device it is named Cygnus. So I guess TK, the, this, the way this plays out in the game is TK looks at her for just a little too long and then turns around and walks in the car. <laughs> just sort of a, she just sort of a half smile, seemingly oblivious. Bye, Martha, don't change. We should go back to the boat and plan. Uh, so Viv is very frantically taking off her sandals and stumbles out of the car and uh, makes it back to the boat uh, with everyone. She sort of, uh, you know, nabs the blowfish out of her hair and throws it back in the water. Uh, Gabriel is on the deck of uh, the Mrs. Egg um, wearing one of TK's black Speedos um, and sunning himself with one of those reflective boards. TK sees and says, looking good. Thanks, man. We got a day until the conference, right? Two days. Two days. We got to figure out a plan. I figure out how to. Uh, Viv, do you have a, an erased memory spell by any chance? I do not. Well, that's out. You can't control his mind, though. No, I cannot. I can only control his actions. But he will know that he's right. being controlled. I can control his actions while he, he's asleep. But if he's asleep, we don't need. The- He's asleep. We don't need to control his actions. All we got to do is yeah, move him. <laughs> weekend is weekend at Bernie's. We like, could just move yeah. him. Yeah, we can I have mean, him move himself. We know him. where he lives, right? We can just break in in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. narcoject him when he's asleep, get all the shit. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. He's around a lot of security, though. Yeah. I think that's a is thing. He? She's, she said that he hangs out with security constantly. Um, what if we set up a fake checkpoint? That's at, exactly what I was thinking. At the uh, conference. Oh. Well, good. Fake checkpoint be good if we said this is, uh, you know, this is our standard security. We're process a security for, firm. We're a security yeah. firm. This is our standard security thing. So. Uh, TK does a matrix search to see what what security vendor is doing security. Who's doing for security the for the events? Yeah, yeah. You 
find out that security for the conference is actually run by the NYPD Incorporated Reserve. You would also probably know that like getting into the NYPD Reserve is not quick or easy. You could try to forge some documents, but you would be trying to break into NYPD Incorporated's main data center, which is a large undertaking. Right. Could we try to create a panel and get him to be, or we could be a vendor. And you know, you're walking through the vendors and they're like, ooh, come here, check out this new yeah. security thing we that made, we do. Oh, yeah. we could do it if, if we did it right beside the venue where he was doing his keynote. Yeah. yeah we could get him. Like, so hey, we convince him, you, with your charm, you could convince him to try to take a trial on our uh, new security and maybe thing. our maybe our backup plan is breaking into his house Injecting him while he's asleep. Yeah, that's all everything. else fails. That's yeah. what we have to do. That's the last. That's well, the last resort. Lux uh, hops on the matrix and tries to check uh, relations of Vern to see if he has kids. Uh, older adult kids would be better. Uh, a wife, things like that. Do a computer plus intuition. Can I assist that just in case? Yeah. Do you want me to do this? Or <laughs> you either, all should do this. Us to do this. <laughs> Dad's trying to use Google. It's all thumbs over oh, yeah. here. It's computer plus what? <laughs> Intuition. So so Lux actually goes to look this up, um, and then he his calm Four is hits. still stuck yeah. on reviews <laughs> for Rick Jones, and he's just like, can you one of you guys just look this up for me? All right, TK rolls it up. He uh, gets four hits. I have four hits. So let's say, I mean, we can just pull pull your guys' resources and say that. Sure. What's your, what's, what are your limits there? Uh, six. Okay. Oh, no, seven. 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 Okay, so, you, so you're well within your limit. Through a bunch of publicly available databases, you find out that uh, Vern Salix does have a family. Um, they all live in Germany. Perfect. So he's alone. Um, I would love to dress like his wife and, <laughs> and kiss him there in Germany. Um, <laughs> so I guess that's it. I guess you got to get a plane ticket. This is my thought, though. I think he's planning something pretty big. We're we're pre- we pretty much know that what he's his strike has nothing to do with workers' rights or anything like that. Who knows what he's planning? There might be a there. He might be surrounding himself with some not great people. Maybe what we should do is uh, observe him for the next couple of days. Oh, See, get stake a sense, out. Get a sense of his yes. Stake out. <laughs> Get a sense of his habits. Where, is he, where does he like to eat dinner? For example, work, turn to the left. Work, stakeout montage. <laughs> uh, we could do the we could do the reverse Pretty Woman, and I could put looks into a tactical outfit. Yes. <laughs> the important thing is that other people don't know anything about us. There's nothing. Can't be anything that links us to whatever happens. Yeah, it's a stakeout. Stakeout. Stake out, stake out, stake out, stake out, stake out, stake out. Come on, Vin. Come on, stake out. Yeah. I'll get the pistachios. First things first. You all need to look tactical. Yeah. Tactical woman montage. You are now leaving Fun City. Thanks for listening. If you want to support the show, get access to our Discord, episode stems, custom sound effects, and stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor, head to patreon.com forward slash funcityventures, where you can transfer us some of your hard-earned new yen and help keep this ship afloat. 
On November 19th, we're having our first ever live stream in the evening Eastern time, the first half of which will be Oh My Patrons Only, and the second half of which will be a public stream. We'll post about that on our Discord and Patreon. And Thanksgiving week, we'll be publishing our first patrons-only mini-adventure, where Lash takes some of the team home to Connecticut for the holidays. I'm Bijan Steven, and I am TK. Um, you can find me online at Bijan Steven on Twitter, which is B-I-J-A-N-S-T-E-P-H-E-N, or on Instagram, um, and you should just Google that. I'm Jen De La Vega. I am Viv. You can find me online at Randwitches. That's the word sandwiches, but just replace the S with an R. This is Nick Garcio. I play Lux Scythe. You can find me on Twitter at N-G-U-E-R-S-H. Um, and Instagram at N Gercio, G-U-E-R-C-I-O. This is Shannon O'Dell. I play Lash Goodbog. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Shodell, S-H-O-D-E-L-L. This is Taylor Moore, and I play all the bad boys. I'm at Taylor.biz. My name is Mike Rignetta. I am your GM. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rignetta. You can find the show on Twitter at Fun City Ventures. Fun City was recorded at Fortunate Horse in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. It was produced, edited, and sound designed by me, Mike Rignetta. All of the show's music is by Sam Tyndall. Our art is by Tess Stone. And our Discord mods are Olivia Gulen, Kit, and Kestrel. And the voice of Artemis is Molly Templeton. The cheers of the stakeout excitement ring off the metal and carbon fiber hull of the Mrs. Egg and float out over the gray water of the Hudson. And it is there, on the river, that the cheers are heard. In the physical realm, yes, but also on the astral plane, where a luminous figure stands on the surface of the water, in a shimmer nearly indistinguishable from the ripple of the river reflecting the bright city lights of Manhattan, a diaphanous form manifests. A hazy image coalesces in the air, floating mere feet above the water. A man with a thousand arms, multi-jointed of differing lengths. They snake a rippling cloud around him, through which he peers and sees and hears. His arms shudder at first with attention, then anticipation, then delight. Here, along the river, where once hawks dove from clifftops, there, aboard the hidden, stolen ship, he has found his quarry.